Blog Talk Radio. Patriots, 
playing alongside the dynasty, playing alongside mm-hmm. Juan Gronkowski, as well as, of course, the great Tom Brady. And yet this dude kills a, kills a brother over a spilled drink at a nightclub and mm-hmm. apparently was at least linked to other homicides. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just sad to me that this dude is one example of taking taking a person out the hood, not the hood out the person. Oh, I completely agree with you. Um, the 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 parallel that I have for him, for those that remember, and I know people in D.C. remember, well, maybe not vividly, but they remember well enough. Fred Davis mm-hmm. also tied in to come out of UCLA, if I remember correctly, drafted by the Skins. Yes. Very talented tight end, but not involved in criminal activity, just involved in foolishness and can never get his career right. And he played his way out of the NFL. Oddly enough, was brought into New England to attempt to replace mm. Aaron Hernandez. You got to remember what's, Aaron uh, was arrested. They did whatever they could to try to replace him, and they just can't seem to do it. Regardless of who they bring right. in, it just doesn't work. Um, the sad thing is, for those that really remember, Aaron was better than Gronk. And That's could you right. imagine what that squad yep. could have been like if he could have just stayed out of trouble and Gronk yep. wouldn't stay 100%? Because if I remember correctly, there was a season there where Gronk got hurt once again. But it wasn't Gronk being Gronk, or maybe it was Gronk being Gronk before Gronk being Gronk was being Gronk being Gronk. And say that six times fast. Um, I was about to say, I think that's a time twister, yeah. Pretty close. And I, it, I was saying it, it was like, don't mess it up. But I digress. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Hernandez was, was a monster that, that those years that he played. And I just would always think, as a matter of fact, every, all his partners would think, if these two dudes could sit, be on the field at the same time offensively, they would be fits for defenses. And they got to a point where other teams attempted to mimic him but could never get that far. And, and, and it's just sad to see him go through what he's had to go through. And, my God, with the knowledge that we have now as people and all the conspiracy yeah. theories that have run amok because of his suicide, whether or not it was a suicide or not. I don't know if you've heard this new one. I just finished reading one, oddly enough, that said that Uh-oh. due to Massachusetts law, because he was in the process of appealing the first murder, if he were to die in jail, his, his, uh, 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 if I remember correctly, the felony becomes admonished or something like that, which yeah. means he doesn't yeah, violate right. yeah, the... the, the, the um, his contract with the Patriots, meaning that his daughter gets the fifteen million. Don't know if that's yep. true. Don't know anyone who's familiar with Massachusetts law. It would be interesting to see if that is the case. But I'm trying to figure out why wouldn't suicide be on that list? Because if that was the case, you know that would be a provision that I guess everyone would attempt to do. Well, I guess you would because that'd be a one-time thing. But right. I just find that to be interesting in the fact that. We can't allow this to be what it is and allow his family to grieve. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it, it's, it's just weird that, that we can't do that. Um, I mean, I understand that this, these, the, the, him as an athlete, a pro athlete, 
in this case was very glamorous. But man, we mm-hmm. have to let his family live, man, and and, and stop him with the conspiracy theories. True that, true that, true that. Well, on from the sad and twisted to the exciting, the NBA playoffs. Uh, we've seen like you know all like I think all the series are now on game on, on that game three. Just about yes. Well, it, like in Cleveland, Indiana tonight, which by the way would be my son and I would, would be going to game four. And then that was wow, going nice. have to drive from here in Cincinnati. So I'm pretty stoked about that. This will be my first, actually my first uh, uh, playoff game in a professional sport that I'll be attending in person. So I'm nice. pretty excited about that. My son wanted to see LeBron too. So it'd be a good father-son bonding experience. But at any rate, um, right now, Indiana looked like they've blown a 20-plus point lead. Uh, last I checked, Cleveland was down by to just two. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, I'm not on the TV now. But, you know, you also have what Milwaukee just beating the dog pissed out of Toronto. <laughs> um, and and <laughs> game three. And how about Chicago being up three ga- two games to none on Boston? And Grant, exactly. I know about like about like Boston being sad and like 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 because um uh Isaiah Thomas is uh, wow, Cleveland's up by seven. Fifty four seconds left to go. It's gonna be a sweep. Mm. Um, yeah. But, but at any rate, um, you know, I know Isaiah's still grieving over the loss of his sister, little sister and everything else, but it just I just didn't think that Chicago would be that much better than Boston to the point where I think it's going to be sweet. I mean, Boston looked so demoralized wow. game two, and after after Chicago took it to them in game one. Um, so uh, we haven't even touched the Western Conference yet, but basically, it, like a, in the East, do you see any surprises? Even your beloved Wizards taking care of business in game two as well, being up to none in this series. Do you see anything that sticks out at you right now in the well, playoffs? The things that stick out to me the most, um, it has to be how physical Washington is being with Atlanta right now. That quote from Paul Millsap with we're playing basketball and they're doing MMA, hilarious to me, hilarious. But I've never seen – it's been a very long time since I can say that a Wizards team has been physical. Now, yeah. have I ever seen Wizards teams be agitated and very mousy? Yeah. But physical? I don't think I've ever heard. And, and being the physical aggressors in, in a series, that's the thing that's more shocking to me. So I'm not shocked mm-hmm. about the fact that they're up two games to none. I'm just more shocked that they're playing physical basketball. Um, yeah. The other thing that, that's sticking out to me, but not necessarily a surprise, the Milwaukee Bucks and the way that they're playing uh, Toronto right now, but if they go up two yeah. on Toronto, it will be a surprise to me. Um, wow. the, and this is a team that I didn't I didn't want the Wizards playing against because of that youth and that length that they have, along with mm-hmm. Jason Kidd being the head coach. But the other thing that I didn't right. realize until looking at their full roster uh, yesterday and today were the veterans that were on that squad. So you combine that that young talent and, and, and the Greek freak and then Greg yeah. Monroe straight on the Georgetown and, and right. Chris Middleton, along with the veterans of Tony Snell, 
Oh, championship pedigree in, in Matthew Dover Dover. Oh, my Delhi. Yeah, Michael Beasley. I'm like, Michael Beasley's on the squad? And Jason Terry's on the bench. Another guy that has a title. So you have that, that, that championship pedigree that can help verbally and show these guys the, the young talent the way to play during the playoffs mm-hmm. along with that youthful talent. I knew that they would yeah. cause fits. But the thing that's, that stood out to me in the first two games is how poorly the, uh, the Toronto Raptors have been shooting. And, and Kyle Lowry, who's currently averaging, uh, tonight's game aside, 13 points a game. And this is a dude that's averaging about, what, 20 points a game? Actually, right. so, what, 22 yeah. points a game. He's way yeah. off. And then right. you have... Exactly. Then you got Lowry and, and Rosa, uh, DeRozan, I'm sorry, shooting the combined two for 14 from three. That's yeah. problematic. So, and I haven't had an opportunity to pick on tonight's game, but I got a strange feeling they're probably still having problems shooting, and it's probably because well, of the length. Well, I'm sorry, Scott, go ahead. What's going on? It's like 65 to 36. Guess who has 65? Take a while. Wow. See, and this is game three in Milwaukee. It's that that That's it's right. that length. It's that length. And 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 yep. and uh, Thom Maker, who doesn't score you a lot of points, but he's huge down low. You would have thought that uh, Serge Ibaka, the addition of Serge Ibaka, would have helped out in that matchup. But if no one else is playing well other than DeRozan, what are you going to do? Yeah. Exactly. So, and, and you know, I I say this too. In addition. Uh, Milwaukee has the rookie of the year candidate and 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 and, and Brogdon. Uh, yes, the kid from from uh, Virginia. I've, I've, yes, I've, I've got his first name, but uh, Michael. He, 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 not Michael. Malcolm. Sorry, Malcolm. 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 Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, I remember him at, as the Cavalier, the Virginia Cavalier. That is, he mm-hmm. was nice. He was the both ACC Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year in the same year, his senior season. Um, so which says a lot. As well. Yes. Yeah, which says a lot about a that, lot that. Yeah, I was gonna say it says a lot about that Virginia squad, knowing how defensively they played throughout the past couple of years. Right, and this you can just imagine how better Milwaukee would be with the healthy Jabari Parker. Could you My just God. imagine going on with the Greek Freak and, and, uh. and that better help? You know, as well as Brogdon. I mean, Brogdon's gonna be. Colonized next season. Uh, he's figuring things out right now. And Brett mm-hmm. Monroe, I mean, could you just imagine with a healthy Jabari Parker? That, that's just too bad because they would, I mean, like Milwaukee has all that talent, that homegrown yeah. talent, save for Monroe because he was a free agent acquisition, but still. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know what? It didn't shock me as much that Milwaukee is taking Toronto to the woodshed right now in their series. I mean, because to your point, they have they're talented, crazy talented, and you know they got Jason Kidd just at the helm, uh, just steering that ship along. I, I, you know, the sky's the limit with those guys. Not, I don't think there's many surprises in the Western Conference. To be honest with, uh, with you, just looking at it at a glance. I mean, Golden State just. Curb stumped the hell out of Portland last night, which is to be expected. Yeah, um, exactly. As well as, but you know, 
you know, even though Houston beat up two games and none on OKC was not a big surprise. I was no. surprised the way the OKC gave away that game. That was mm. a, that was the best shot at winning a game or two in the series. And normally, even though they played that game on the road, if you lose a game like that where you were up big until the end, that's the sign of a sweep. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the sign of a sweep to be because, I mean, how can you come back from that lack of the performance late in the game, we almost literally get a game away to a better opponent, and then expect to keep competing. I mean, that's and now you have to win four games, four times in the next what, five, five, like four times in the next five games against the same team. Yes, that's gonna be uh-huh. that's gonna be a tall order. There a huge order. order. Yeah, um, but to, to your point, my two surprises, my my, my of course surprise number one would be Boston yeah. and, and Chicago. I'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah. But yeah, you're yeah. talking about the Western Conference. It's not necessarily a surprise to me, but because I, I said it on the show just last week, I was expecting Utah to beat the Clippers. The thing is, yeah. with no uh, Rudy Gobert, it's going to be a tall task. He had right. played – well, he got hurt in game one, couldn't play in games two, doesn't look like he's going to suit up for game three, and there's no news for him coming back in game four, which means right. Utah is going to need to take at least one more and hope that he comes back for either game four or game five. Mm-hmm. If that happens, I'm sticking to my guns of that pick. Even with the gimpy Derek Favors, they've been playing mm-hmm. well. The one thing that I'm a little concerned about with uh, 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 the, the Jazz, like I said before, I'm, I'm hoping that Derek Favors can go ahead and get 100%. But they go, they need to go ahead and, and start having uh, uh, Gordon Hayward to shoot a little better. He's currently shooting 36% from from the field. And their center, I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head, but now he's uh-huh. being accused of domestic violence from his ex-fiance who's a former Playboy model of the year. Oh, wow. How do you – For those that didn't know that. Because I'm going to screw that much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But with the Clippers, (laughs) if if, – what's your boy's name? If Jamal Crawford and J.J. Reddick were shooting just a little bit better, this probably would be a sweep in this current situation. That's a good point. They're shooting poorly and and, and, – you know, I, I, I'm just waiting to see what, what Utah's big men are, are capable of doing if, if they can come back and at least play a little bit, especially with facing uh, DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin, because, of course, that is the meat of their shooting percentage, especially on the field uh, for the Clippers. Yeah. Right. Well, to your point about the Clippers, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to take long for Jamal Crawford and, and, and J.J. Red to get on track. Uh, I yeah. think they'll be fine. It's just a matter of if they they, they they obviously need to win game out of game three or four, but I look for them to come out hot in game three. Uh, because mm. I think that the Jazz, and they're a great story, by the way, great, great story for this season. But I, I think that missing Gobert is going to really catch up with them. It's starting to catch up with, with them right now. Now that yeah. they're starting to find their legs. The Clippers blew game one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they they blew game one, so they, you could be looking at a possible sweep there as well. But one thing that's really stunning to me 
as you touched on earlier, I know you're going to get to the series. Is Chicago dominating Boston the way they are? Yeah. I mean, it's rare to see HC that is much better than the top seed. That it's much very better. rare to see that in sports. I mean, because, I mean, hell, if you look at it, to be real with you, Chicago is just a better team. Yeah. On paper and on the court. I mean, they're proven to be the better team. And you wouldn't have thought that with the, with the beginning of the playoffs. This is a team that's doubled into the playoffs. If right. that's what that's... they did in, in the last game of the season, they probably won't, won't be in it. But right. like, like you were saying, I was assuming that it was problems with with uh, Isaiah Thomas and, of course, the, the unfortunate passing of his sister. But it's not him. He's playing the way that he would normally play, averaging about 25 right. points a game and, and, and about six assists. It's It's – Avery Bradley, who scores 13 points a game, two-and-a-half assists, two-and-a-half rebounds, all of his numbers, which are down from the regular season, and also the fact that uh, Bradley is giving the ball up uh, 11 times throughout the, the, the first two games, which is, top, which is actually second in the playoffs right now. And, and right. Chicago's ability to play the lanes, get a ton of steals, but they've been getting a lot of great play out of – Surprise, surprise, Rajon Rando, who's almost averaging yep. a triple-double right now, who was averaging about yep. maybe less than eight points a game during the regular season. And also with Robin Lopez, who's uh, scoring points per game. Is up. Exactly, five points a game. And it looks like right now that Boston doesn't have anybody in the middle to really stop him unless Kelly O'Linick go ahead and put a elbow lock on him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You know what, man? Remember when back if you think back to the trade deadline when Danny Ainge had a shot of other either Paul George or ironically enough Jimmy Butler from uh-huh. Chicago, and yeah. he wouldn't pull the trigger because he wanted to give up that what is the top three guaranteed pick he had from the Nets, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think a bevy other draft picks, but. I mean, it's nothing wrong with that philosophy. So just to 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 you know, to be sure. But mm-hmm. you're in the business to win and win now. I, yeah. You know, I understand that it's going to be tough getting past Cleveland as long as LeBron James is in the picture. But if you have a shot, excuse me, of <coughs> excuse me, of of landing a top scorer like a Butler, like a George. And you ought to have to give up a couple of picks because you don't know how those picks are going to pan out. Exactly. I mean, you don't really know how they're going to pan out, so why not trade for a proven, proven commodity or two? Mm-hmm. And assure yourself at least a second-round date. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, exactly. This is ruining. This is ruining. Now, granted, I grew up hating Boston. You know, I, you know I'm a Knicks fan. So I, mm-hmm. my birthright is to hate Boston and L.A. Like course that is. But – I just wanted to see Boston and that series between Boston and Washington so bad. I really yes. want to see a playoff series between those two squads, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look likely right now. I mean, Chicago is just so much better than Boston on paper and on the court. I mean, it's going to be like MMA round two. Where <laughs> two physical teams in Washington and Chicago go at it. So, too bad for me because I want to see a blood begin to be a great blood rivalry between two teams like Boston and Washington. 
Yeah. Kind of show up in, like, uh, like in the playoffs, but we could only dream, but I don't think it's going to happen now. So. But my hope <laughs> is that if Chicago <laughs> does get by Boston, my God, the Wizards making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I yeah. swear to you, you will find me in Chinatown doing spin kicks. Matter of fact, <laughs> if that happens, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it right here, right now. Yes, sir. It's probably going to look very racist for me to do this, but if the Wizards somehow make it to the Eastern uh-huh. Conference Finals, they don't have to win it. If they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm going to do a Facebook Live of me doing spin kicks outside of the Verizon Center, which is in Chinatown. Like I said, it's going to look weird, but I'm going to be so excited that I have no choice but to do it. And I want to, yeah, you say Facebook Live, okay, good, because I, I want video confirmation. I, I yes. want to stream. <laughs> I want to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I will make the announcement. I will make the announcement. I will go ahead and, 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 and do it on Facebook Live so everybody can see. Because it has just happened since I was two. Actually, no, what, 70, yeah, it's about three or four. It hasn't happened since then. My God! So yeah, I'm yeah. I have no other way but to celebrate that way. So yeah. And I hate to and I hate to stoke your celebration, but on paper, the only team that can really challenge the Cavaliers is Washington. They got two scores in the back in the backcourt, uh, uh-huh. and they have the grit and the brawn on the front line to do a Cleveland's front line. So hey, I'm just saying. I'm just anything saying. can happen. <laughs> <laughs> say what? Say what? Anything can happen, man. Oh man, I would be singing Wyclef all day. But yeah, um, <laughs> it, 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 it will be it will be interesting. That, that Boston Chicago series, uh, like we've been saying, has been very very interesting. I was expecting, mm-hmm. and, and understandably so, Isaiah Thomas to be the reason why that team is failing, and it's not. He's been playing his heart out. He has been. I need for Bo- the rest of the uh, the cap. The, the Celtics to play a whole lot better, and that trade, that non-trade, is insane yeah. to me because you would have that backcourt of Bradley and Thomas, along with Al Horford, and whichever guy that you would have added in that situation, be it yeah. uh, 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 Paul George, who is a quiet scoring machine. I saw him earlier yeah. this season come to DC, and I've never seen anyone score a quiet twenty-five points before. It, it was so yeah. dynamic just to sit there and just look at this dude, and, and no one was making a a, 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 a fuss about him. He was just coming down, being a quiet killer, and, and to add that, that that scoring ability and to have that pressure alleviated off their two guards would have been such a dynamic thing. But you didn't want to give up your future. Oh well, right. Oh well, exactly. Speaking of Horford, when is he showing up? I mean, I don't know. Where's he going to earn that free agent contract this time in the offseason? You know what? Watching that happen, I'm 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 a little happy now that he didn't come to DC. A lot of those things I can I, I complained about happening with the Wizards before the season started is now yep. like wow, I'm glad it didn't happen. Uh, Tom Thibodeau not coming to DC. Wow, thank you, Scott Brooks. Uh, yep. Yeah, Scott Brooks. And, and, and yep. no, Al Horford, he chose 
Boston over D.C. because Boston got better fans. Wow, thank you, Al. Right, I remember that. So now I'm, 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 a lot of the things that I was upset about and pouted about in, in, in the summertime and in, in September and October, they gone now. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, right? That's what Worcester Nation is saying. I found <laughs> Jesus. So we're, yeah, we're, and we're, speaking of Jesus, sort of, we're going to go from – We've been going from low to high to another low, and that's the passing of Dan Rooney. Um, me being a Steelers fan, you know, I like I like I wrote a piece last week about my thoughts of Dan Rooney passing. I, I titled it the reason I became and I'm, I'm paraphrasing the title, but the reason why I became a Steelers fan, Dan Rooney. Dan Rooney, mm-hmm. Rooney like like Mr. Rooney has been one of these. The 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 Paul the uh, the the uh, shield bearer so to speak for the NFL for several years. He like uh, when when he took over control from his dad in the seventies, that's when still started to really win. It started mm-hmm. to really drive. I mean, remember that? I, I mean, we were both barely. I was barely alive. I don't think you were born yet. But nineteen seventy four, that draft they had, which is arguably the best draft of any team they ever made. Like Lance Swan, a draft class of Lance mm-hmm. Swan, Jack Lambert. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, John Starworth and yeah. Mike Webb, all in the same draft. Four Hall yeah. of Fame Four. in the same draft. That that you don't see that too that often, if, if if at all. Four Hall of Famers drafted in the same class, and they spent the rest of their careers. Well, except for maybe Mike Webster because he went to Kansas City, but. <clears throat> but nevertheless, spent the majority of the careers with the same team and winning Super Bowl championships at the Super Bowl championship. That four, that six-year run when they won four championships, and the seeing that the patience that 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 he and his son are in the second displaying and selecting the coaches. I mean, they only had three head coaches. Yeah. In their years. That's just amazing, and you know that that just takes lots of patience and. And it's and it's one thing that we as fans think that should be common sense, but unfortunately, a lot of team owners miss the memo. It's it's continuity. The importance of continuity. Yeah. I mean, you see it time and time again. I mean, it leads to a culture. The Steelers' culture is one of hard work. You play good defense. Now it's about good offense, but still, the court, the culture there is hard work. Supporting each other, next man up. Like you know, the the older guys showing the newer guys to steal away. I mean, you see teams emulate that now. The successful teams like the Patriots. I mean, Bob mm-hmm. Kraft, like like Mr. Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, has openly said many times that he copied the Steelers' uh, 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 mode of business, if you will. You know, just copying how they do things. And you see how successful New England has been since Mr. Kraft has taken over. You know, and even in Baltimore, you know, Ozzie Newsom. I mean, he's patterned his team not the way the Steelers draft. Part of mm-hmm. those guys, you know, who like to, you know, stick mud in your face, so to speak. They like to be the boys on the block. That's how the Ravens are. And, you know, you start to see uh, Marvin Lewis do like to tell his team in Cincinnati the same way. And But one of the things that really made me really – out his legacy, his, his being Mr. Rooney's, is the Rooney rule. 
You know, mm-hmm. the, it's pretty much the way. I mean, mind you, how he's helping like people of color, like coaches of color, even get shots at becoming NFL head coaches, getting them in the room, making mm-hmm. the owners, the front owners, get them in the room to interview them, at least to find out more about them, and have you know one of the fruits of their labors being Mike Tomlin, who just yeah. who was said to have blown the, the who blown away the Rooney's in his interview to the point where remember they're about to go in the house with Howard Howard uh, or Russ Grimm to succeed mm-hmm. Bill Howard until they brought in Mike Tomlin and Tomlin just blew them away. Literally, figuratively, just blew them away. But, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, that was the way, I think, Mr. Rooney's way of celebrating black people. The way that he, again, put in a rule on the fact that would make his fellow owners interview a candidate, at least one candidate of color, whether it be black, uh, uh, Latino, Asian, whatever. Exactly. make them print us in the room to give us a shot. That's amazing for a man who's been one to stand up to, who's been one the 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 the, the shield bearers of the league, one of the pillars of the league, one of the most influential owners of the league, to take a stand like that to give other people of color a chance of, of living out their dream of being a head coach in this league. It's just phenomenal. It's very phenomenal. And and not just that, because, um, you know, I had to get myself completely acclimated with, with Dan Rooney uh, shortly after his passing. And one of the things yeah. that I enjoyed hearing people say about uh, Mr. Rooney was the fact that he was a football guy and he equally respected everyone yeah. from the front office to reporters from the number one draft pick to the undrafted free agent. He knew who you were. He was a football guy. He knew about your history, could talk to you about football ad nauseum, and was extremely respectful to everyone completely across the board. And to hear those stories told and to be a fan of an organization where the owner of that team is on the complete opposite end of that spectrum saddens me completely. Yes. So we were talking about an owner, and I don't want to say his name right now because, you know, I don't want anyone to think that I'm talking bad about Daniel Snyder. But when you talk about a guy who respects all of the players equally to a guy who – likes to pamper certain star players to a guy, well, once again, back to a guy that respected everyone, to a guy that has multiple lawsuits against his own fans. It's it's hard to get, it, it is few and far between when you hear about ownership that is loved and respected by the fans. And that's exactly what it was with Dan Rooney. The fans loved him. And there was this one young lady that's a reporter out of Pittsburgh. I was watching her talk about Dan Rooney and, and how she talked about everything outside of football with her. And the one thing that she was always, con- well, one thing that he was always concerned about with her 
was her at that point in time newborn son and was uh. concerned about him. And to have that memory and that concern was something that stood out to her. And that's all you heard was nothing but praise about Dan Rooney. And, yes, the the, the Rooney rule, as imperfect yeah. as that rule, still ha- it still has some holes in it. But the main sure. thing is, like you said, it gets these coaches that normally wouldn't have an opportunity to even be in front of a selection committee to have just that and had that ability to prove themselves and to show that they may be a better candidate as head coach than anyone else. It's the, it's the thing that, that really stands out to me because of the amount of yeah. black coaches that have been hired, be it head coaches or assistants, um, because of this rule, it shows that it works. But, of course, it still needs help. But, hey, it's one that it, it, that's in place, and, it's, and it works, and it, it, we've had some great coaches. And the one thing that you did say, the continuity and the patience of this man. Yes. My yes. gosh, had, had you been the team on the eastern side of that state, you guys would have lost a lot of head coaches a lot earlier because the fan base wouldn't be able to take going 10-6 and 11-5 and, 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 and not going to the Super Bowl. A lot of continuity that happens and success will come. There are a lot of franchises that don't, don't understand that. And, and, and the fact that, that he does and that family does was dynamic, very much right. so dynamic. And that's why we say that Steelers fans and Patriots fans as well, we're sports. We're so yeah. used to success. We're so used to going deep into the playoffs in January to a point where even when we're like 9-7, and seven, barely getting in as a wild card. We start the bitch and complain. We just do not know, and I don't say we as you because I know you're a fan of the Washington team, but to, to speak as for myself especially, we just don't realize how good we've got it to yeah. have a, to celebrate a man who's done so much for, it's for his own community, who's done mm-hmm. so much to encourage minority hiring, not only in, in, as a coach, but in the front office too. It expands in the front yeah. office. That's right. You know, as, as well. So, you know, and to that continuity that's been preached, again, three head coaches in damn near 50 years. Yeah. That's just amazing. That's just amazing. And other teams are starting to emulate that now. You see them to become more successful, like, like I said, New England, Baltimore, uh, 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 trying to get it, trying to get, get, get their stuff together. But mainly you've got those three right now. Yeah. And, and 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 Green Bay too, and Green Bay, Adult Green Bay, Green yeah. Bay. You know, as far as just preaching continuity, and continuity just all, almost always breeds success. I don't know why the yeah. gyms don't do it, but uh, you know, again, common sense ain't all that common. And that's find it interesting. Yeah, because you hear you hear yeah. teams and you hear fan bases say it all the time. They're always trying to mimic something that's successful. When the one thing right. that no one really talks about mimicking is continuity. No one, you, you never hear that preached. You always hear, we need to get a running back like so-and-so, or I need my quarterback to play like so-and-so. To get some continuity. Have somebody there longer than right. two years. You know, allow that team to develop and stop trying to get rid of whomever in three years or less. Because three years ain't going to do it. And I don't right. understand when we, we, we have the blueprint in front of us 
and this is in any situation, when you see a successful blueprint, try to mimic that blueprint, dude. I don't know why it's so hard to understand. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's amazing to me. Everyone wants to take a piece of it, but no one wants to mimic the whole thing. Right. So there you go. Hey, thanks, brother. I really appreciate it, man, and hope you enjoy the rest of the playoffs. And good luck to you. I hope so. I, I promise I'll stop, I promise I'll stop calling in the bullets. I promise. No, keep calling the bullets. I want Ted Leonsis to hear it ring from coast to coast. We want that nickname back badly. Amen. Amen to that. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Long live the bullets. Yes, and prayers for I hope so, and prayers for impending spin kicks. Right on, man. That's my guy, the Wayne Nash. Oh, man, please check him out on Sleazy Radio every Tuesday night on Blogs Radio as well as Chicago Sports Blog, Yard Search, HBCU Sports. It's Scott Brooks with the Cloud Hour. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. 06 night.